We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Today on the Babylon Singularity podcast interview sessions, I finished my conversation with Dwayne Roberts. This is part two. Part one, we talked about Dwayne, his story, how God led him to where he is. Part two, we're going to get into the details of the house church movement and Dwayne's involvement in it. Stay tuned. Inspiring faith in Christ and anchoring hope in the age to come. This is the Babylon Singularity Podcast with Peter Hurdle. You are now back in Kansas City, which is a, yes. which is a joy to, to me and my wife, my family. Where is your heart? Where is your mind today? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting where you where, where you look at twenty twenty. I think it's going to be a a you know a a global defining it's things have changed without and, it. and it was interesting just how blindsided oh 100%. everyone 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 was i mean i it's 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 hard to put into words all the stuff that was going on but there was a lot of craziness but it was like you you know i don't i don't tune into a lot of like the super prophetic like yeah. channels of people that say ah you know right. 2020 is going to be this year to, or the 2020 vision or whatever and the 2020 vision i heard that a couple times <laughs> where it was like the very opposite like they had no idea of what was actually coming 100% and and we had been doing business as usual for decades. I mean, we had kind of redefined Christianity uh, under the banner of the American dream, right? Like 100%. The, the church was, yeah, you show up when, you know, when you're supposed to and, you know, you, you, you do that. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to like, you know, bag on whoever, however, whatever that that's, that's not the point. The point is God, when you read and this was this was always a, uh, a contention in my heart. Something that I was just there was an unease in my heart. I was like, when I read what's in this book, when I read mm-hmm. what's in the Bible, mm-hmm. like the the Sunday morning experience, like is you know, like like I said, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but 100%. it was so in, you know, it so it fell so far short of what I was reading. Yeah. In scripture, that I was like, we're happy with this, guys. Is it, yes. We're good with this. Yeah. Um, and and the answer is largely, yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking about paring it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, uh, okay, and and we had you know grown comfortable, and you know, it's it was almost like God gave it a long enough season where it's like, okay, like it almost felt like a lot of those ministries that had you know done so well you know, in the eighties and the nineties, and even in the early two thousands, they get into the, you know, it starts approaching 2020. And a lot of these places are starting to fall apart. They're like, there's, there's failures. There's, uh, you know, some of the, the stress of, of things is making is, is like, it's, it's not sustainable under pressure. Yep. And you know, the, the, the two, the two words that come to mind when I think about 2020 is, um, leadership crisis. Mm-hmm. There's a leadership crisis where um, 
a very unseen crisis arises in the land and there's no, there, people are looking around for leadership. Where's the leadership? Where's the leadership? What's the leadership? And we cling to scientific experts. Like that's the best we can do. Uh-huh. And, and, and the scientific experts go, yeah, yeah this is, this is our mo- moment to shine. Totally. What, what are they going to do? They don't know. Right. Um, and they go, ah, this is what we need to do. We need to shut everything down. Right. And everybody was like, oh, the scientific expert says we need to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And that includes church. Yep. Yep. And, um, I don't think, uh, you know, you could ask him, but I don't think, you know, Dr. Fauci was like asking the Lord about like, Lord, what should we do in this? Like, do you have any, oh, 100%. <laughs> right? 100%. Was, like it was, uh, it, we were, we were looking to, for leadership in the wrong spot. Like the, they, they, you know, scientific experts should tell us what the what the data is, what the facts are, what the dangers are. Right. And then we make the calculations. We decide what risk we're willing are to we, take. Right, right. And we decide how best we can protect the people in our lives. Like, those, those are, you know, yeah. you're from Canada, but those are the American ideas. Like, right. Dr. Fauci doesn't determine how I run my life. Right. Like if he says there's a big danger, then I want to take that seriously. If if you if he, if he knows what he's talking about, and I want to make decisions based on those facts, but he shouldn't be, tell me to stay in my basement. You know, I mean, unless it's like the zombie apocalypse. But if it's a zombie apocalypse, you're not going to have to tell me to be in my basement because I'm going to de- I'm going to choose that already. Like, right, right, hey, there's right, zombies right. out there. Right, 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 right. Right, I lock the door. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till the zombies go. But if if there are no zombies and there is a there's a you know relative. But the, you know, I don't want to rant about COVID, but the point is largely the paradigm that we'd grown very comfortable with comes to a screeching halt overnight. And what is, what's the, you know, largely, and again, I'm not begging on any individual, but the solution is, oh, well, let's just zoom it in. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I would approach one of the things that left me, I feel, like there's a couple of different ways I could look at 2020, but for me, Matthew 24, when you look at the things that are going to just, Jesus said, these things are going to intensify. And so in there is plagues. So pandemics. And so COVID falls in that. Then we've got the racial issue that just explodes out of nowhere. I'm thinking that COVID played into the energy that came out, but it's a standalone event it's george floyd was a standalone event so that explodes and then we got politics so three things in the american culture this nation's going crazy and all of three of those things are nation against nations really people group against people group so it's a racial issue in matthew 24 so i'm just so you're looking at that and two things occurred to me wow we're we are immature we, we, the church, I, it really hit me how immature the church was. And then second of all, I feel like COVID put a pause on my routines of life and then gave the church the inward check. What is real and what do I want? And so we are now walking out. Some people have absolutely just, you know what? church was mostly cultural and a routine i don't really even need it a large group of people are there today with their faith and then the other group in my opinion on the other side is 
a lot of them are going, what you just said, I don't know if the Sunday meeting is that needed in my life, but yet I'm desperate for God. And I think there's a large portion of people there. Discontentment with Sunday Christianity is at a all time high in, in my lifetime. Like the discontentment is almost palpable (laughs) and we've got leaders going, well, how do we figure out to make it different? Like, you know, the service, the Sunday experience using those words. And I, I mean, I'm not there. That's not where I'm living. How do we make it more enjoyable, more connected? That's not, I think that's absolutely the wrong questions to be asking. Um, but, but uh, so where I'm staring at is the hungry, I want God. And how do I live my faith in the context of people, communities, the scriptures? How do I do that and live a, live a life connected with God and connected with people? And that's where, that's one of the things I came out of going, hmm, changes in the earth. Everything's changing. Offices, I'm doing office from home. Everything's changing. And, and, I, and I think it's just begun. But I think in the heart of God, he's actually wanting to confront me as a leader in the body of Christ saying, Dwayne, I don't know if you really are walking, you're leading people in a, in a New Testament Christian life that is fulfilling for the believer and, and, and what I want for the church. It's interesting thinking about it, you know, in terms of your story, right? You've, um, you, you were very comfortable, you know, in your role head of one Uh thing and you're, you're doing it in a certain way. Um, and you, 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 it's part of your identity. It's, it's part of how you see your story playing out. You really don't want to shift it. You don't really want to change it. And God's God hits the nuke button on it. And, and there's a you much, always have these phrases that just summarizes everything. And there's a there's the a mush, there's mushroom a mushroom cloud, cloud where yes. your where your your life used to be. Yep, hundred percent. And how similar is that to what the American church is experiencing? That's a great question. Now, where we're looking at what was we were very comfortable there. Yep, we liked it. We didn't yeah, want to change for it. Sure. And God says, I have something bigger in mind. I'm at, I'm actually after your heart and your reliance on me. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm looking at, I see on one of your bookshelves here, Martin Luther. I, first, let me say it this way. We read the seven letters to the churches, and we think, wow, that was their issues, but we're spot on. You know, it's just human tendency. We like what we are part of, and we want to make sure we're comfortable. The human, but we think we're okay. And so I'm beginning to go, what would the churches look like to the church I'm leading today? And I think it's an incredibly healthy exercise to go before the Lord if you're a leader and have that conversation. What, what do you, what do you, what would you say to the church I'm leading, to the community I'm leading? Mm. I think that's a really, really how necessary. It's a and scary question. It, 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 to me, it is. Yeah. And because I am, I, my, I dis, I'm so deceptive in my version of biased, hundred <laughs> percent. And that's where I love David. You know me, so come and search me. I give you that permission, and I believe that needs to be the posture of the leadership of the of the global church today. Change is coming. 
There's changes no, here. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. It's one it's one thing to be like the prophetic guy who's yes. like calling it out before and that, that's all legit. <laughs> totally. But like the wave it's already crashed. The wave is on the shore. We're just waiting for like the next one. And and so like the change is already in the air. Yes. The move that God wants that if if we're willing to tap in, ask the questions, participate with it. Yep. There's a massive opportunity and God is is reshape I mean it's tough to say reshaping when you wonder how much, like not, not to get into like how, like uh, the good and the bad and, and parsing it all, all out. But when you, when you just get, get into like what we're talking about, Ephesians four yes. the other week, yeah. what Paul has in mind is a, a body fully activated. Oh man. Every individual yep. operating in his or her gift, yes. like how did we get to the where did you know where you know it's 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 been it's been happening for a long time, and people you know however and, and maybe you know even like like we were saying you know we get off and we chase the wrong thing and God says no I, I still used it yep. I have no problem saying like you know largely the the shape that church has taken over the years, you know, probably wasn't exactly according in alignment with, with scripture, but God is still using the preaching of his word, you know, the spiritual leaders, but the, the main guy, we'll say guy could be a guy or a girl ends up being the spiritual person. And then everyone else ends up being like a, you know, and I don't want to say parasitic, but you know, largely bystander, watching what's happening yep. and then maybe just, you know, throwing money in the, in the bucket yep. or, or, and then there's differing levels between the guy who just walks in and walks out and, yep. and the guys who are maybe more, more involved. But the, the, the vision of Paul in Ephesians four mm-hmm. of an fully activated body. Yes. Um, yeah, let's just, I mean, let's go different. Uh, well, first of all, my last Sunday was February 21st of a church I was, my wife and I were pastoring. And so I had an incredible opportunity post now coming out of COVID this 2021. I don't have, I'm not leading a church. So then I can easily ask the question. I don't have a salary by the church. So it was like, I have no, no dog in the fight right now. I don't have to maintain a mortgage or rent or anything. So I said, I just said to the Lord, okay, what, what is church supposed to look like? And I'm going to step away from my paradigms, from my, my experience. Talk to me about church. Like, what makes us church? What are the, what's the bare minimum you need to be a, a, the church, a, a, a local community? And that's where I think, first of all, the question needs to come. And it's, that's for the guys that got the church, the staff, the mortgage, the payments. Those are, you, you can't ask that. And change much which i'm super grateful i didn't have to so it gave me freedom and so what are the elements that make the church and so i i looked at new testament you know some of the early church ideas and just and so what was highlighted to me was ephesians chapter 4 i want to talk after well let's do ephesians 4 but i also want to talk acts 2 but ephesians 4 is a fascinating scripture so what happens to me what i see is jesus ascends and in his ascension, Paul says he gives gifts to men. So you got apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And so he gives those gifts. So um, how I 
I've been looking at things like born and raised in the church. So when I'm 16 years old, our church was 225. Boom, a family moves. You know, those were, that was a healthy church. The big, big church was 500. Like, no joke. Like, we did not have these big churches. So the 90s hit, there's a massive explosion. So if you're a, a millennial today, you don't know the church before then. It was small. Like, most of them were corner, corner, corner street churches type deals. So he explodes, massive explosion. So I think part of it was just basic leadership teaching that came to the church, but also I think it was the discovery of these offices. So not every leader in the body is a pastor. That was revolutionary. Yeah, and let's get back to the fivefold. So that was one thing. Second of all, what I think we, the mistake we made is we built church around these offices. We built it around the church. The church, and so the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, and the worship leader, and all of this is center. And then we're consumers. So we came, we sit, we consume. I put money in the basket, I tithe, and teach me, feed me. Um, you know, Francis Chan, I don't know if you guys read his book, is he's hitting on that. And there's a lot, it's now starting to come out, the language. Hey, what is next? But to the part that has been revolutionary for me is the next verse. These gifts are meant to equip the saints to minister. And so if you just slow down for a moment and look at that phrase, that, that, you mean, if I am, in full-time ministry, I, my main job is equipping. And then it does say, secondly, for the edification of the body. So I believe that I, that those gifts are speak to the body. But one that's always messed me up is the evangelist is mostly to equip. That was the, always the confusing one to me. The other ones I can kind of see. So long story short, I think the early church, um, everybody was bivocational. So the father, what we, we would call the father of the church, Paul, um, you know, it just it blows my mind. In Ephesians, he writes to them and says, when I was with you, I worked. So he, had, he was not full-time. He was not paid minister. So the entire, the entire church was built off of market, using that language, I don't always like it, but marketplace people. And they were spiritual leaders in their, in their families, in their communities. And then Paul, that's why Paul gives the requirements for eldership, which we don't pay attention to much today, but I'm wanting to massively bring that and give this vision to people in my community going, this is where I want you to aspire to, is to be a leader in your community and then go to work on Monday morning. Or whatever, run your business or do whatever, be a doctor, be a nurse, or be an educator, whatever. But is is the saint is to come and so now all of a sudden i have i have i have a box or a place where everybody's to bring something that's never going to happen on a sunday experience but if i do something in a smaller gathering we can begin to get the saints functioning in their spiritual gifts is that is yeah that? yeah so the uh so your your vision i mean cuz you were always the guy on the on the stage you yes. were always the guy, always guy. Who's, 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 who's teaching. And yep. so you, we, you're the guy on the stage. Everybody else are the, the guys who are watching. Yep. Um, and you want to change that. Yes. How do we big do time, it? Big time. I want to, how do we do that. it? Well, Acts chapter two, um, 
I still want to talk to verse 42, but the next verse, it says that the church met. So, you you know, you get Paul, Peter preaches 3,000 people now. And so how do you organize 3,000 people? So what they did is they met in the temple daily, and then they also met house to house. And so in different parts of the world, we do both. We do those, but majority, a large majority of the body of Christ meets in the temple once a week. And my spiritual family, my spiritual life is there. And so I'm not saying get rid of that experience, but I am saying there is so much happens that happen takes place in my development, my discipleship, my understanding of God in a smaller setting with people. And family, relationship, discipleship. And there's things that happen in the big setting, but... So all of those things that happen in smaller settings, we're missing out on, I think, in our Western approach to church. So the let's, let's get people in a house. So it's micro church concept. And so I won't go into the details, but the Lord dropped this idea into me. And so like I, I, I thought it was stupid at first. And then I actually went and ask some questions. And so I've thrown myself into the conversation, house church, micro church, simple church, organic church. These are all kind of terms out there. And so it's the, it's just the idea basically of doing my spiritual life in a smaller setting, i.e. a house or, you know, mostly in houses. And a lot of that is my spiritual life is taking place in a smaller setting with people and the word of God. And so what my idea is, is actually um, recorded teaching. So I have Acts 2.42. It was the apostles' teaching. And so I just want to give you, and I would even please comment on this, Peter, but to me the apostles' teaching is, well, how is that defined, I think is really important because most people think, well, it's mostly pastoral, how to, get, how to have joy in your life, how to be a good father, all of those topics which I believe are a part of it. But for me, the apostles' teaching is the is the the full storyline of redemption unto the return of Jesus, and so that's I just want that to be clear. That's my definition of the apostles' teaching. It is not just how to have a how to be at peace with man and God. Does that make sense? So you're, you're saying the the apostles' teaching is 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 telling God's story. Like the the, the, the story full. from the, the full from Genesis yep. to Revelation with special emphasis on Jesus <laughs> throughout 100%. the whole, right? Yes. Uh, so that you're the when when you are equipping someone in teaching, teaching the the apostles or tapping into the apostles, you're not just equipping them to be a good husband, good dad, yes. a good yep business although those would include those would fall under that heading but you're keying on the larger story and that's where i don't know if everybody who would read that verse would agree with me but i believe that the return of the lord the kingdom there is a king i believe is an essential part of the apostles teaching the return of the lord so my 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 faith is being developed in the context of of the fullness of the plan of redemption unto the father coming and dwelling with man revelation, the end of the story. Yeah. I mean, again and again, the Bible brings to bear the bookend yes. of history. Yep. So we all know there's a bookend, but then there, you know, 
in a lot of cases before that bookend, there's a, there's another bookend, you know, yes. of the end of your life, the last heartbeat, your last breath. Yep. If you are living out of touch with the end, you, there, it's very easy to go astray. It's very easy mm -hmm. to spin off because you, you just, you're, you're the guy who builds more barns for more of his stuff. Yes. And God just calls it, calls the game on you midstream yep. Yep. and says, okay, give account now. Yep. And you're like, ah, uh, wait, I thought I had like this, you know, in perpetuity, I could just keep building barns forever and ever. Yeah. And God's like, no, it does not work that way. Mm -hmm. It will come to an end. And if you live with the end in sight, it's going to make you live differently today. Yes. hundred percent. Because you know, you're going that the, it's, it's the, it's the prodigal son, right? It's the prodigal son who's, as long as the, the money's flowing and the, mm -hmm. the women and the wine and all the good stuff's happening, who cares? Yep. But when you know it runs out and you can actually feel it running out, mm -hmm. all of a sudden your mind, there's a shift in your mindset like, uh, this isn't working. 100%. And, and it feels like we're getting to that point in history where people are, are saying, this isn't working. Yeah, and that's where for me, 100%. And I think that's where the apostles' teaching is. I just want to, in me looking at Acts 2.42, I want to highlight my definition of that. Um, and it is, to me, it's it's the idea of the judgment seat of Christ. I'm living where I have an appointment with Jesus, and so thus how shall I live? And we just don't teach that. It's mostly how to be a good Christian today. And and not only do we not teach it, we don't even live in enough contact with each other to go, like, no one has any idea what's happening in my life. I have no idea what's happening in someone else's life. Yep. And, and the nature of technology, the way it's working, the way it's playing out, the way it's trending is to isolate every single one of us, yeah. right? Where we can Ter just... Terrifying. Yeah, right? You just stare into a screen forever, the metaverse. Yep. You don't even know who your friend is. You don't even know if the people you're interacting with are people at all. Isn't right, it, isn't that crazy? My gosh! Right, I don't want to spin out on on that, but that <laughs> is definitely the trend. Yes, is isolation. Yep, you're call like you're joining God's move and call of saying no, no, no. Yep. we're going the other way. Yes, hundred percent. And that's where it's the apostles' teaching. Next phrase: fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So those are the four things that Acts highlights the Book of Acts. So for me. What is essential? That's what they did. That was the activity. Those four things in the context of the temple and house to house. So for me, I want, I want to, which is really strange if you guys, those my friends that have known me, I'm actually going the new big is small. The new thing is small. And it's, and it's built in relationship and fellowship. And so I've longed for good friends all my life, but I've, there's been very few seasons where I've had it. And I'm going... No, I want to be in people's lives. I want them in my life. And then around the table. So I want to get, so what was actually confronting to me is one of Paul's lists for leadership is hospitality. So I want people in my home. And I want people around my table eating my food. And we're going to do life in that context. Talk about Jesus. Talk about our lives. And get into people's lives and do it small. And so... That is kind of where I'm wanting to go is to do life with in smaller groups. And so if I had a church of a thousand people today, um, I would still do this. And probably what I would do, because I've actually thought about this one Sunday. So let's break them up into 200 groups of 250 on one Sunday. Group one would meet together in the temple. So Sunday morning service. 
and we would have a teaching. We'd have worship. So they, that group of people gets the, the corporate experience. But the other three groups of 250, I would break all of them up into smaller settings between 20 and 40 people. And they would only see the teaching. They would do worship, ministry time, Holy Spirit time, and fellowship time, praying for one another. They would do that in the small settings. The next Sunday, it would be group two in the meeting room. And the others, group one now is um, uh, is broken up. So that's where I have a high, you, stuff happens when we gather together in large settings. So I don't want to deny that, but it's so much where we live that we're missing out on the power of one-on-one in Jesus, the power of 20 in Jesus. And there are only certain things that happen when I'm in that setting. And I'm so aware of that now. And I look back the lack of my own life. Um, and I believe that Paul would say to us today, you have lots of teachers, but where are your fathers? Where are the mothers in the church? Where are those ones that are sitting down and asking, hey, what's going on? Talk, let's, talk, let's talk. Right. Let's yeah. have a coffee. Let's have a beer. It depends on your yeah. theology. Right. <laughs> you sure. know, but just, hey, share your, let's share our lives. And I'm going to turn my heart, Malachi 4, 5. I'm going to turn my heart as a father to the children, to the younger ones in the faith. Right, and the, the the ultimate result is a, a growing deeper faith, you know, uh, inspiring uh, hope, and from that place, they're they're going. Uh, individuals will blossom. They will they'll grow in their gifts. And the really the interesting part of it is is zeroing in on individuals and activating them in the kingdom mm-hmm. and help coming alongside of them, showing them, Hey, you know, this, this, this is, this is scripture. We want to actually equip you and walk with you as you are fulfilling your calling. Mm-hmm. Like forget about the, forget about the man of God out front. You are the man. Every individual is the man of God out front. Yes. And yes, we yes. want to, as, as a church leadership team, empower you equip you help you along the way because we know that it's in the activation of the saints that jesus will arise from his body in in a fullness um that we'll see at at his coming and so this is actually an eschatological reality i believe so that we're we be we actually be tapping into a a shift in focus of chasing this thing or that thing to activating individuals in the fullness of their calling. And how do we do that as a team of uh, teachers and apostles and, and pastors and evangelists, uh, pastors, having those teams that are actively um, participating in lives yep. and watching the activity of the spirit, because this isn't, this isn't just a good idea. Right. This isn't because, Oh wow, this is well, an amazing idea that, that Dwayne came up with. Right. This is, New Testament I believe so. reality. Yep. And this is the thing that God is very interested in, in raising up a people that will stand in the last days. Yes. A hundred percent. We're not going to shrink back. No. We're not, we are going, we're going to be, you know, planted on the rock mm-hmm. and, you know, overcoming by the blood of the lamb, by yes. the word of our testimony that yes. we don't love our lives onto death, Yep, but we're doing it. If, if we fall to the trappings of this world, 
if we give ourselves to, oh no, you know what? It's cool, Dwayne. <laughs> the, the the house thing is cool and everything, but don't worry, I'm I'm zooming. hundred percent. Like like I'm totally. I'm totally cool. Like. Yep. We can't take our directions from this world. We can't, if there's trends in this world, we can't just hitch our wagon to them and, and hope it works out. Oh. We have to hitch our, our, our wagons to the word of God, yep. aligning with that, because that, there, there is no moving the word of God. It doesn't move. It doesn't no. change. God doesn't, he's not, he's not wondering what the, the latest, you know, fatwa is from whatever, you know, influencer is. He's unmoved by any of it. And he's calling his church to himself in this 100%. hour. 100%. And and you're you're just you're just you're starting this conversation. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm catching up with some people. This has been I'm telling you, the micro church is the new thing coming. I, however, whatever you want to call it, uh, lots of people are doing it now. And so for me, I'm playing catch up where some people have been living. And in that context of playing catch up, I'm just now. What is my particular f- type of doing it? And that's where discipleship another way of discipleship to me is development and so with my experience and my knowledge of the word but also just gift mix i'm mostly wanting to take my life now in in regards to this and focus my energies on developing of leaders pastors and so the what, what to me is a crucial concept is a saint the priesthood of all believers. All of us are called to minister to God and minister to people. The Levites in Old Testament scriptures, that was their job. But when Jesus, I mean, it's crazy. When Jesus at the crucifixion, the veil is torn. Now every believer is now a priest. We can all go into his presence. Thus, we all have gifts now that we need to use to minister to the body. And so as a now as a leader in the body, I want to position myself to train and equip people to get understanding on who they are as a priest, marketplace people, bivocational people, and get them in the game and get them using their gifts. So in smaller settings, you know, I want to have 500 house churches and all of these people are using their gifts in their settings. And it's not saying we're not doing bigger gatherings, but it's mostly in smaller gatherings where people are pastoring people, developing people. I want to, build you know you know uh one of the comments or we just one of the things we've positioned ourselves is I, my goal is not to build a church i want to build people and in building people we'll have a strong church i didn't i didn't come up with that idea but uh, i absolutely stole it if we will invest in developing of people their gift mix take time focus on people develop them then we're actually going to have something that's powerful because we're if we're going to be honest we're super weak Right, we're a cultural, a cultural. We're an expression expression of culture in American church today. Nobody's afraid of us, <laughs> you know. Right, like politically, they don't like maybe the the certain leanings of the church, but we have no authority, really. Like where people are going, wow, we got to pay attention to the church. They're talking about this man Jesus, and it's turning the world upside down. That's not happening. Right, and and the and it's so easy to shut down. It's so easy to just shut it down, right? Like, like just this uh, a very kind of you know relatively weak pandemic basically flipped the lights off. Yep. Um, so our our model of meeting in a, a big big building, you just flip the the, the the switch on that. Maybe just take out a few of the key leaders. Yep. 
whatever, disappear them or whatever. Totally, totally. And and what happens to every like you know? And then we think, oh no, no, we'll just go online. Like it's so funny because like all people like ah, you're too worried about artificial intelligence. All you do is you just flip the switch on it, right? (laughs) Like yeah, you you would think it'd work that 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 easy, but it doesn't. But the reality is, but those are the same folks who are like, oh, we're online now. Like, do you understand how easy it is just to shut that? Like, just come in, sweep it, just up, oh, nope, you're done. Like, all of these people staring into their screens completely disconnected. There is a, an incredible need and urgency now like never before to make the church so multifaceted, so empowered yeah, at the yeah. individual level yes. that the world, there is no shutting There's it off. There's no head to cut off. You know, you can't cut off the head and this thing is going to live. We need strength in every member. The body needs to mature. And you're disillusioned and off your rocker if you think that I can grow my face sitting in my living room and watching a YouTube teaching. That can add. It. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's not going to help. But the writer of Hebrews said on purpose, I think with purpose, do not give up meeting together. There, that is where most of your faith is developed. It's where you're, it's where you're uh, individually developed, but even, you know, probably the greater emphasis, certainly in Ephesians 4, is your, that's how you're corporately developed. That's how we see Jesus yes. take, taking form yep. in his church. It's not by some one guy here or there doing some cool stuff, which is always great. I mean, we, 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 we love that. But Paul's vision is everyone yes. at it. I mean, that's that's the devil's greatest nightmare. Yes. Is every saint activated, fully preaching, teaching, yep. pastoring, ev- you know, evangelizing, declaring the gospel, where there's the, you can't you can't there's there's no way to neutralize that. Um, and and but that's that's where the Lord is is leading. Um, and I, I'm I'm super uh, thankful that you're taking up you know, that, that the Lord's called you into this. I'm, I'm actually glad to, to be partnering with you. Um, no, and so Jennifer and I, we love you and Elizabeth. And so I think where it's makes me happy that you guys are on the same page and kind of walking with us, but like, um, but I also just, if you're still listening, how long have I been going an hour or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) our ramblings here, but if you're still listening, I want you to, you need to understand in the context of change, God is also changing the church. Globally, things are changing, and we're playing, trying to play catch-up. I think Peter's on to something even. Peter's like, as a futurist, Peter's studying stuff that, in my opinion, is coming quicker than we know it. And if you're not paying attention, you're just going it'll, to, it'll, it'll hit you upside the head. But in the context of all that, I'm positive I that we're going somewhere where the Lord is leading and the corporate mega church. I'm not saying it's 100% going away, but they're going to be empty. Many buildings in the next five to 10 years ago are going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And which the, is sobering. And I say that actually with like, but, it's not a, yeah. I'm not an arrogant thing. I think I love the, what the father's been doing, Yeah, but Jesus himself said, there's new wineskins coming. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I'll take the I'll take the trade of uh, buildings for activated saints any day though. Come on, yeah, for right? sure, for sure. Right? I mean, it's gonna hurt some some folks just like it hurt you. To, <laughs> totally, you know? no. you're gonna look over there and say, "Ah, oh, no, it's a mushroom I, cloud." Totally, I've had a couple mushroom cloud experiences. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and it's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah, yeah, it's and not. but but 
I, you know, I think one of the biggest things that is needed right now is actually courage. Um, when I've been meditating actually in Joshua one, at different times I've gone to that chapter and be strong and courageous. That's what leadership is. And leadership is not sitting in your chair, drinking your coffee. And you know, if that's how you're mostly postured, enjoying yourself, um, you're going to come irrelevant very quickly. That's just to me, a leader means I am really paying attention and I'm actively involved in what I am leading and to pivot is pivot and change. If, if you're not used to that in your leadership model, you better pay attention because that's coming change. You got You're going to have to pivot and, and it's not to answer people's needs. No pivot means to me, what is God saying? And then I'm going to do it. Cause if, cause so much of Christianity in America is driven by the desire of the attendee. Right. How do we, how do we, how do we serve cater that? To that yeah. Cater is yeah. way better than serve. How do we cater to that? And so that's a humanistic, that to me is ag- agnosticism. It's how do man-centered. we. Man-centered. A man-centered journey. And I don't want to be a part of a group of people that do that. I want to be a part of people that are being led by the Lord. And, and I, you know, to me, in this conversation, I want you to hear, we have to be humble. I am not even remotely saying that I am Martin Luther, like not even close. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm on the side, trying to hear the word of the Lord, be obedient, and be a part of his story. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. I can't be arrogant. I'm too. And, and you, you've admitted that you're not, you're not even, you're not even sparking this car. This conversation is going, we're, we're already seeing the change in the air. Yep. We're just, we're just doing our best to recognize, you know, what's happening the season that we're in. Yes. What does the word of God say about it? Yep. Cause there's only one way through and so obedience to Jesus. It's yes. what is he saying? How is he leading? We want to, we want to, we want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that there's there in, it, it feels like you, like the Lord's brought you to this place so that even if potentially, you know, you sell another 50,000 CDs, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to be moved by any of it. Your, your heart not. is to be in the father's presence and to empower the saints. Yes. It's a good place to be. Yeah. That's where, that's where I'm trying to live. Yeah. 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 Well, Hey man, thanks for, do you want to say, is there anything you want to like end with before we shut her down? No, this has been really fun. Um, I've really enjoyed this. Actually, you kind of pushed me to look back on my story and that was been fun. But, but also, um, you know, if you are listening and you're in your twenties and your thirties, um, I just want my encouragement to, and you're discontent with your church. Um, I want to just really, really caution you to honor and respect. It doesn't mean you got to stay there. It doesn't mean you want to, you don't step out and try something new, but pay attention to honor the the fathers in the church today. It's been God's vehicle, and yeah. so you can't you can't turn around. And so arrogance, like yeah. I, I've talked with one group, and they're like, "We're doing the new we're doing the new wineskin," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "And but there was a." Not a little bit, but there was a significant amount of arrogance in it. We're the thing that's going to change the earth, and I'm like, save your save yourself the trouble. 100%. Just and I, I'm not, just not even I'm talking. Yeah, to them, I'm just right. Like, yeah, oh my and, it, gosh, and, it, and gonna, not even you know. And I, I do feel bad for like the the, the pastor who has to deal with it or whatever. I, I do, but just for your own sake, hundred percent. Like yeah, we're we're not we're not we're not saying this to you. Because we don't want you to hurt your pastor's because we don't we don't want you to no. hurt your pastor's no. feelings because obviously that 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 factors in, but 
you'll be saving yourself a significant amount of humbling yes. and pain Yes, if you just uh, do it in love. Do what you do, do in love. Yep. Yep. Do in obedience to Scripture, yep. and the Lord will lead you. And, and do it with, like, honor. Pay pay respect to and you yeah know. you punk <laughs> <laughs> no but, no but these you have no, I, I used to be one totally. I mean maybe I still am I don't know yeah it's just not helpful no but it's it's but I'm positive so you that are leaders you know you're you've got leadership gift on you um I'm telling you it's going to be painful yeah. you start something new it's going to hurt but just respect and honor those in front of you who have who have gone before you. Um, but also you'll appreciate it later when you are leading a group and the next 20 year old punk absolutely comes along and says ah 100 right yeah so appreciate the invite man it's been fun though thank All you right. so much buddy appreciate it thanks Dwayne. maybe we'll do this again sometime totally i'll be up for it All right, man. that concludes this episode of the babylon singularity podcast we hope this podcast was a blessing to you this podcast is listener-supported. Prayerfully consider visiting BabylonSingularity.com to support this effort. What we do, we do together. We appreciate every way you support this ministry. Please click on the subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you for listening and we sincerely hope you join us next time on the Babylon Singularity Podcast. Babylon Singularity is a gospel ministry of Harvest Winds.